0: Lee Horton.
1: Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solve today. I am really excited because, again, I get to speak to somebody and the person that I'm speaking to, um, I'm quite fond of. And uh, so, in fact, actually, rather than me rabbit on, um, Chris Rainsforth,
2: how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Nice to see you. Uh, excited to be here and having a nice chat with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you've set an expectation of it being a nice chat. Who knows what the chat will be, whether it will be nice, determined <laughs> by the listeners' ears. Um, but, but for those people who don't know who Chris is, who is Chris and how has he got to sit in that seat today?
2: Well, I'll start where I am now and then I'll go back to where I came from. I think oh, that's probably a nice way to go, right? So, uh, my name's Chris. I, I work for a company called The Forum and, and we are a. Uh, you know we're an organization that helps people get better that's kind of what we like to frame it as, right so we help organizations that run any type of customer operation whether it's a contact center or back office or retail business help them understand their requirements and give them learning development and support to, to make themselves and their people better um, but that's what i do I, that, that's my job if we go back to who i am i'm a i'm a father i'm a husband a football fan you know I'm a boxing fan as you can probably see from the the background behind me and you know i'm a I'm, I'm a working class lad from leeds i'm a working class lad from leeds that's probably gone through 23 lifetimes in his 43 years um or it feels like it over the last kind of kind of 40 odd years so yeah you know i have got here by sitting on this seat taking chances and being lucky I would say, um, at certain points in my life. So when when you say lucky, what do you mean by lucky? I think sometimes right place, right time. I think lucky in terms of the experiences that I encountered when I was younger allowed me to think differently about how I approach adulthood. So I think having experiences when you're younger that challenge you, make you think differently about how you approach life. So I, when I was very young, I say very young, 15, I ended up homeless. Through right. all all thought, you know, all my fault, right, this is not kind of, it's not a hard luck story of kind of, you know, a broken home and all that type of stuff, it's not. I was an idiot, right, <laughs> I, I was an idiot, I was a 15 year old idiot, right, and I um, made choices that were detrimental to myself. Uh, And found myself in a a pretty bad place, really bad place. And I think that gives you something that you can't experience if you don't experience it in terms of how have you got to this point in life at such a young age and what can you do to turn that around? Um, And then I was lucky to be in a couple of right places to see people that could help me, um, that could get me out of the hole that I was in. Uh, And put me back on a path that, you know, hopefully I've I've become successful. In my mind, successful. I'm not, you know, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not kind of lauded around as a successful person. But in my mind, from where I was to where I am today, I'm successful. I've got a great family. I've got a great circle of friends. I've got a nice life that I actually enjoy. Uh, Whereas kind of 20 years ago, I probably hated every bit of myself. Oh, wow. Wow. Would you change anything about... You passed. Um, no. And I and I say that because I'm I'm a great believer, and I said this in my wedding speech randomly, um, as you've asked that question. Kind of I said one of the things I said in my wedding speech was, you know, I talked a little bit about my background and my history as part of that and how I got to where I am and, and, and this being the happiest day of my life and all that stuff. And one of the things I said in there was that, Do I regret any of the stuff that I did? And that I was. I and mean, when in the moment, probably yes because I think you do have that kind of immediate regret when you do something wrong or bad or, you know, you, you make a bad decision. But when you look back over that accumulation of things that happened a long time ago, if I hadn't have made those decisions, if I hadn't made those choices, if I hadn't did, done those things that were wrong, I wouldn't be who I am today. So I can't regret what I did because I've got here because of those things, not in spite of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. makes sense. makes sense. What I've, of- what has your past taught you about
2: you today? It's taught me to, well, it's taught me to be not as much as an idiot as I was. Um, but it did actually teach me a lot around knowing that there is help out there. I think one of the key things for me was finding that you don't have to do everything alone. And that's, just, that's the place I was in, right? That I had to do everything alone. But it taught me as I got older that I don't need to be the expert at everything. I don't need to know everything, but I do need to know that there's people out there that can help, and there's people out there that will support you, and there's people out there that will cheerlead you, there's people out there that will challenge you, there's people out there that will keep you honest. Um, and I think all my past experiences bring me to that point of going, you're not alone. You know, we, we talk a lot about mental health and, and stuff, especially in in, in modern times. And I think just knowing that sometimes is what keeps me right and keeps me knowing that what I'm doing is right and, you know, I might not make the right decisions all the time and but I know I'm on the right path.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a beautiful parallel between how you have described your life journey and the, 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 the support there and then how you introduced who you work for and, and how you help as well. Do you think that's, is that a con- do you think is that because you're in the right place for you and there's a beautiful parallel between your journey and, and how the forum support or have I have I just made connections because you've used to talk-
2: no 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 I don't think you have so I, I've always been so it's at the point where I felt I was comfortable to offer advice I've always wanted to help people so you know even if I go back into my twenties I used to volunteer for for kind of local charity groups um YMCA's used to help you know disadvantaged kids in the area and and kind of you know show them that there's 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 other, other pathways in life and you know it's not all about money and grandeur and that it's just been about a decent person and you know you can make mistakes and you can recover from mistakes and then as I got through my professional life I you know I we talk talking around contact centres and I, I've worked in the contact centre industry now since about 1996-97 um and when I got into that, I found it a great environment for learning. You can learn anything, you know, in a contact centre. Um, whether you want to be a great customer service representative or whether you want to manage people or you want to get into training or you want to do HR type activity or whatever it is, the contact centre can teach you everything. And it has a pathway to anywhere, um, if you find that pathway and if you kind of committed to do it. So i got really interested in people And I got really interested in how people learn and how people behave in situations and all that stuff really excited me. And I think as I've gone through my career, every time I've had the opportunity to help people, that's the the pathway I've taken. Um, And, you know, there's a full circle element to it that my primary role now is to support and help people get better. Uh, And sometimes I do that, I think as a you know, from a, from a work perspective, and, and, and sometimes I hope I can do it at a personal level with people as well.
1: Yeah, there's um the the word resilience keeps pop, popping into my mind when you when you when you're talking, and 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 at an age 15, and from onwards from 15, um, and you said that there were some really difficult, challenging things, and and re, the resilient word, like I said, pop, kept popping in my mind when you when you were talking. Do you think have you always been person with resilience or have you developed resilience because of the situations that you've found yourself in
2: i think it's a, a developed resilience and it's a resilience that was developed over a number of years and i don't think i was very resilient when i was younger i, I just don't think i was i was a i was a, a child i was you know one of five children in a household um not 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 the middle child, but, you know, I was kind of second born out of the five. And there was a level of resilience there when we were younger, I, I suppose, because my, my mother was a single mother um, with five kids with a quite a big age gap between me and my sister and then my three younger brothers. And, you know, me and my sister took a lot of responsibility on drawing that time so me, me and mum could go out and work two jobs or, or whatever she was doing. So there probably was a little bit of built resilience there you kind of just got on with things you had to you know we didn't have you know we didn't have a lot of money we didn't have a lot of we didn't have a lot of anything um so you, you kind of you build up that resilience in that regard but as a personal level when I first kind of left home and, and, and found myself in in that situation I, I was I'd given up I'd given up on everything like, I just i just I'd just given up on myself I think more than anything else and it was a friend of mine that saw me and kind of coaxed me into thinking differently about what the future can be, you know, you know. There's there's things we can do and there's things you can do to take a bit more control of of, of where you're at. And then once you start understanding that you can start to be more resilient. I, I think you know anything that happens to me right now, I always find I've had it worse. You know, I always think and there's probably worse things to come in life, don't get me wrong, you know, there is definitely worse things to come. We all go through cycles of, of kind of emotional and, 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 and things in life and I know there'll be harder things and other things that I've got to deal with but I know that the stuff that I've already gone through will give me a really solid mindset to deal with those things in, in a different yeah. way to how I would have done when I was younger.
1: Yeah I got you, got you. The word help um, has popped up a number of times. Firstly when you um, um, we talk, spoke about the forum then when you spoke about the I guess the, the change in your fortune, so you, you um, about your own personal journey and then the help is there and, and things. How what is it about what you do now and helping people that that lights the fire, that that you enjoy, that, that that gives you the the motivation and desire to keep doing it?
2: Seeing other people's successes, right? So I've said this, even when well when I was a team leader Uh, And when I was managing teams and and doing that, seeing people develop, seeing people get better, seeing people be successful, right, is always been that driver for me. And I can see it now at individual level and at kind of organizational level when I'm working with businesses that are going through change and they're trying to develop things. And when you see them getting to the end of that journey and, and, and starting to really see that success and growing in themselves and growing their confidence and Delivering what they started to delivered. that is, it's the blue touch paper every time, right? You know, it's it's having going, you know, do we get it right all the time? No. Are we always successful? No, I, you know, that nobody is, right? But if, you know, 50, 60, 70%, right, of you kind of go back and go, I was a part of that journey. You know, I love it when I go on LinkedIn now and I see people I used to work with like 10, 15, 20 years ago and they're off running businesses and they're doing this and doing that. And I can, I, I, go, I remember you and I remember, you know, and I, and, I, and I was a part, a little part of that journey. Um, it's those things that just, I can't ever, you know, that feeling never goes, like That it never disappears.
1: Yeah, no. I, when you said about seeing people's successes, you smiled as you said that as well. And it, so that shows that, that 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 the feeling that it gives you. You've used the word journey a few times when you um when when you were answering that. Then are you somebody that enjoys the thrill of the ride or a, or reaching a particular destination? If you have to choose two of those things, which which is which is it that gives you the greatest?
2: I think I I would. It depends. Right. So if I'm if I'm if I'm task oriented on something, the destination's the goal. Right. How, yeah. how I get there might differ and I might have to change direction from time to time. But the destination is a destination. Right. So you kind of there's that bit in life. I'm just a journey type of guy. Right. So if I'm just from from wherever is, I, I always set out when I started working, because I had nothing when you start working you go I just want to earn enough money to pay the bills right at that point right so that was my initial aim I want to to get a roof over my head because I haven't got a roof over my head at the minute so I need a roof over my head so I I want to just make enough so I've got a roof over my head and I'm happy then it was I want a roof over my head but then I want to kind of have a social life and then family come along and you go I want to have enough money and enough kind of stuff to be just kind of so i'm not people say you're motivated by your money when you talk like that but i'm not motivated i don't want to be a millionaire i don't care about the trappings of wealth what i care about is that i can i can be comfortable enough to go to the village and have a couple of pints with my mates yeah make sure my daughter can go to college and university when the time's right and make sure that we can go on all day once a year uh, you know other than that, I'm happy, mate, right? That, that's yeah. kind of where I am, right? So those kind of things just get me to a point of going, now, I don't care. Like, I've got to a point where I'm happy, right? And that's fine. So wh- whatever happens in the next kind of 20, 30, 40 years, whatever lifespan I've got left, it's going to happen, and I can't wait to see what it, where it goes and what it does. Like, set yeah.
1: yeah, I love that. I love that. But like I think your your journey it, it is a it is a journey, isn't it? It's like highs and lows, and to get you to this place. And the fact that you can sit there um, today with a smile on your face and, and I am successful in your own eyes. You are happy. with What means for you? Because a lot of people they they'll go on Facebook or they'll post. Um, or like or whatever social media platform, like those, the, like how they want to live, really, not a true reflection of how they are living. But what you're, what you're saying there is, is like you, you are completely.
2: Are you, are you content? Mate, mate I couldn't be happier, right? Honestly, in the sense that it's, it is, it's one of those like right? good days and bad days, right? As everybody will have, right? But i am not content yet? Right? I'm doing a job I love. I've got a family that I love, which, you know, in, in today's world's a miracle, right? <laughs> you know, you, you know. Yeah. so I've got a family I love. I've got a good group of friends. I don't need anything else. I, I'm one of them that I am. I've, I'm a simple man. I think I'm a simple man because of where I came from. So a lot of people look at it and go, they strive for things. So I always think there's a disconnect sometimes. So people that start up here, and for people that are listening, I'm kind of putting a hand above yeah. head, right? So, so, so people that start high want to go higher, yeah, right? But my starting point was so low down that actually getting to here, where some other people's starting point is a massive achievement, yeah. And I'm happy to get there. I've exceeded everything that I thought I would ever achieve, yeah. I never thought I'd achieve anything, yeah. yeah. Was How unique. would
1: you, do you know what I mean, yeah, no, I do, I do. If you had to. In fact, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, let's do this. So, how how old's your daughter?
2: She's nearly 15. So, and that's the symmetry, right? That I look at her and think, in like, you know, six months time, that's when I wasn't living at home anymore. Uh, It's all.
1: Yeah, wow. All right, okay. So, what three words do you think your daughter would use to
2: describe you? I honestly think she would say that I am caring, generous, and it's not really a word, but I I would imagine she would say I'm a role model.
1: Right, okay. Perfect. Love that. Love that. How would you describe yourself in three words? Um,
2: An idiot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But in the nicest possible way, right? I am loyal to a fault. I'm I'm one of those people, Lee, that, you know, I'm I'm loyal to a fault unless that loyalty's tested. That's it, right? Yeah. I'm loyal, right, uh, and I'm committed.
1: Yeah, you've been committed to the um, to the call center or contact center or customer operations for quite a while, haven't you? Like you said, just um, the last twenty years or something. Um, what is it that's kept you in this, this or the this, this same or similar
2: industry for so long? I, I just don't think there's one like it. I, I I really don't think there's one like it. I think it's such a unique. Environment in the sense that if you want, I spoke to what I said before, if you want to learn, you can learn anything. Right? And I've seen people go from call center agent to running their own training companies to running their own HR practices to 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 CEOs of big companies, right? And they've started taking phone calls. That's where their grounding was. It's right. such a, di- you know, for me, even in you know late 90s, early 2000s, it was such a diverse industry. So it didn't matter. You know, no one, there was no issue against any type of race or sexuality or religion or whatever, you know, everybody was everybody's friend in this kind of sweatbox of an environment back then, that you just, everyone got on, yeah, we yeah. all had the same challenges, we all had the same kind of issues, we all had the same, thing. and you, you develop friendships that I've never developed anywhere else, like, nowhere else, and it's just such a passionate place i think for people who are passionate and i know it gets bad reputation i i I fully understand that and i see it all the time but i think you know the people that work within it will have a completely different experience to those that see it from the outside and where we you know my organization and, and loads of others out there Try to change that perception of people because it's made some of the best people like if you look around at successful people you look around a lot of those people would have started life taking phone calls in a call center or doing Mm. some kind of customer service job whether in retail whether in a contact center it doesn't matter i think it's just such a yeah it for me it's such a passionate industry full of passionate people and has such a range of diversity that you know you learn so much not just about the job that you're doing, but society in general.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. I was. Uh, that's where I was gonna go with the next question. Is it's kind of what kind of grounding does that industry? Um, so, it, what is it that creates the passion in people? Do you believe? And and what grounding does it set people? So you said before about you see some really successful people now doing all sorts of amazing things, but they started off. In what is it that 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 industry gives people the foundation or the grounding in that makes them successful? and
2: think, passionate yeah well it's changed over the years i think back in my early days it gave you a really real sense of belonging right and it gave you a real sense of because you work so close with people on shift rotation so you'd sit you know mean i was working over you know five six seven days a week kind of eight nine hours a day with the same people week in week out right and you kind of you learnt really quickly to Learn about different people, learn about different behaviours, learn about different attitudes, learn about all these things. That If you couldn't learn about that stuff, you wouldn't exist. It's such an inclusive environment that if you couldn't get on board with that inclusivity, then you'd be out the door. Because people wouldn't take it because everyone, you sat so closely together and you kind of, you know everybody's life, you know everyone's problems, you know the struggles they're having at home, you know, the kind of challenges they're having mentally or professionally or whatever it is, it becomes such a close-knitted environment that you have to be learn to be inclusive. And I think that's the basis of successful people, that when you understand different types of people and you understand different beliefs and you understand... When you, when you When you understand that, moving forward in a professional life becomes a lot easier. If you've got a closed mindset and a closed belief system, then you'll struggle to progress. You might fake it for a bit, but sustaining it, you'll never get there. And I think that's what sets it apart from other industries. But you know how it develops people's mindsets.
1: Yeah, yeah, love it. When you say mindset, because you've used that word a couple of times as well, is I guess what what do you mean by mindset?
2: So again, I, I use it quite frequently. I've said that. and I think there's two. There's your own personal mindsets. This is your belief system you know i I talk a lot about when i work with developing people around their limiting beliefs so what stops you believing you can be successful at that or what stops you believing that's not going to work what's your limiting belief that does that and how can i change your mindset to do that and we talk about fixed and growth and all that kind of learning kind of stuff that sits around there then then you've got your for me the, the the kind of the mindset that is the closed or open mindset to your own thoughts and feelings so you've got a learning mindset over here and then you've got a kind of behavioral mindset here which is around how closed off are you to what's going on around you and how yeah. how negative are you internally compared to how can you put a positive spin on the things that you've been challenged by and how can you develop that mindset to go, okay, so that's not working out for me right now, but I can identify why it's not doing these things. And I can make a choice at this point of going, i let it consume me and I fail or I embrace it, learn from it and change my mindset to go again.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. You're a fascinating, fascinating bloat. And there's so many different directions and, and questions that, that, that I want to ask, and 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 I I, I keep going back to what you said about um, your daughter being fifteen years old, and and your um, when you, you called yourself an idiot at fifteen is where your story where your story began. If your daughter, in fact, I'd another thing that you said as well. So just to let me frame the question: is that you wouldn't change anything that you've done because it's like got you to the place now. But if your daughter did or you did what you did, would you try to stop her?
2: It's a good question, and it's a question I have asked myself in the past. And I think the way I've gone about it is what I don't ever want my daughter to get to is a point where she feels she has to make the decisions I made. Would I stop her making those decisions? I don't know, because I think I'm not a hypocrite. And I think she has to make her own mistakes. I, I, I do. I truly believe that. I will try and protect her along the way. What we have decided to do, me and my wife, and we met this really early on in life, and I get called out on this quite a bit, and people will probably listen to this and call me out on it. But I have a really open household. Like, we will talk about anything and everything. Nothing's off limits. We don't, you know, so if she wants to, Challenge my behavior. She can openly challenge my behavior if she wants to um, talk about. You know, and we've had that really out from the outset. So, for example, I might swear and I might do things around where people go oh, out swearing in front of her. Well, you know what? She's going to wear this language, right? So I'm not going to hide her from it. I'll I'll kind of do it. So we are very open. We don't hide anything. We don't do stuff. And I'm and I hope that she and she's got that now. She can come and talk to us about anything. We've, we've kind of cultivated that environment in the house for for as long as she's been born. Right? This has not been a decision while she's got older to say, Let, let's start kind of behaving differently or changing. The react. I am who I am, and I won't yeah. hide who I am to try and protect my daughter. She will see me warts and all as much as everybody else sees me warts and all. But what I hope I've done is create an environment that, we, that she grows up in, that knows that if she is having anything, that's trouble or thoughts or worries, that she can come and open up to either me or my wife. And we always say, when we know that she's taken a turn or she's feeling a bit down, I'll just say it. And I did it the other week. She'd gone up to a room and she wasn't talking, she's coming from school and I was like, my wife was like, something wrong with her. I said, it's all right. And I just wrote on a piece of paper and I shoved it on her, under a her bedroom door and I went, I can't help you if I don't know what's wrong. And that's all I put. I went, I can't help you if I don't know what's wrong. And about twenty minutes later, she came down, she sat down there, and told us all, told us all those woes. So it's just what i have tried to do is just open up enough to say if she has to, gets to a point where she makes those decisions, then then she knows she can come and talk to us about it. and try you know paths of least resistance and all that type of stuff. It's just trying to just create an environment that works for, for us all.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think there's something really powerful there from a from a business perspective as well. I facilitated a session um a couple of weeks ago um and there was there were there was two people that weren't necessarily getting on and that they they, they they weren't seeing eye to eye and I asked them, it was about we were trying to create a high performing team and, and I asked one person what did they believe was a high performing a non work related example of a high performing team and they said her family because they've got each other's back, they communicate well. Um, the real strength of relationship and all of that stuff. And I, I spoke to this, this bloke and I said, What's the high performing team for you? And he said, Manchester City. Um, and, and he said, because of the, the titles, the leadership, the results that we're having, the football we're playing. And I, said, uh, and I said, and this is the this is the challenge between between you two. You're both looking for different things but to, to align and create this this high performing team. What you've just described as in, in your in home environment are fully aligned with this this person's kind of like family thing, the, the connection and 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 the fact that you've got created this this openness to share and freely communicate, I think is the biggest challenge within organisations now because so many people have ideas and thoughts and they just don't feel safe to share them. How how or what can you learn from your or family environment that you've created that would be that. The, that can be tried or like steps towards because I mean, you said since since 15 years, it's being developed and built. So it's not, there's no silver bullet, but what things are the non-negotiable things to to create in this environment, do you think? The
2: the, the non-negotiable things is everyone's honest. I think everyone's got to be honest and you've got to be honest around two things. You've got to be honest as a business or a team, what are you trying to achieve? So what outcome are you trying to deliver? Because if you're not on the same path and the same journey, you'll never get to where you want to go, right? You just won't. As a as a group of people, you'll never get there. So our biggest thing in our household is everyone's honest. We don't lie, we don't we don't mislead, we don't do any of the things that's deceiving. We don't we don't we don't have any deceit. And that's that's a written rule. And 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 we just don't deviate from that. And I think in a business, you've got to be in that same place. If you're honest about where and then honest so as a team in a business where you want to go. And i think the other bit that helps is honest about where you want to go as an individual so i think sometimes when people are vying for stuff that's where conflict comes and because we're not honest with each other like someone might be sitting there go my you know i see my this i, I might say this is a stopgap, and i might go i'm here for 12 months and then i'm moving on to another role it's a it's a, it's a stepping stone it's a whatever other people might see it differently go this is me for the rest of my career you know or this is me that I want to be promoted and I want I want your job right yeah so but I think if people are doing that in the background of trying to manipulate where they want to be or where they want to go that kind of dishonesty in terms of your honest approach to your teammates of what your pathway is at a personal level creates distrust i think if people are open and honest about that you can then build the team and you can build the, me- the kind of the, the kind of metrics within that team and how it works based on those outcomes that people want. So if someone says, I'm in here for 12 months and I'm away, you go, right, so what can I get out of you for 12 months that's going to deliver the best result and let's build it so you deliver me your best for 12 months. And when you leave, you're up here. You know, If your outcome is that you want to be promoted, what do we need to do? We're building out our outcome as a team that showcases you in your best light or gives you the experience that you need to when you sit down and have the interview in twelve months time or two years time, whatever that timeline is, you've had all the experience and you can you can ace that interview. And I think that honesty around where people want to get to makes us will make us understand and how to build a better team going forward. And I think the other bit is around learning and I kind of chat this, especially at home and if we challenge each other at home we need to understand what we're challenging each other on, right? That's kind of, it's just again non negotiable, right? So, if why, I, you,
1: why are you smiling when you say that, Chris? Because oh, it
2: happens it... all the time. Like, yeah. My wife will argue with me, and I went, I'll go go away and do some research and then come back and argue, and then we'll have a proper debate, right? Let's, <laughs> let, let, let's, but, but I think that I think learning and just having that kind of open learning environment with a team helps create. So understanding where gaps are understanding where people need to get to to deliver their personal outcomes deliver the team outcomes going right so how do we underpin this we're learning how do we develop our skills and capabilities along this journey and who carries what it's not about everybody carrying everything it's about distributing the weight and actually when you're building a high performing team sometimes distributing the learning has to be part of that because you can't learn everything and you can't know everything and sometimes everyone yeah. tries to do everything and that's when it starts falling apart. But the foundation needs to be built on learning and going, right, how do we distribute that? So I would say two key things for me, be honest and underpin it with a foundational learning and then you can have better conversations uh, and, and you know where everyone stands. Yeah,
1: I love it, love it. Are you the same person at work and home?
2: Yeah, I, I, I tried for years to have different personas and, and, and I think everyone does, don't you? You, you, yeah. put, you? you put your little work face on and i did it for years and, and and probably i did it even to a degree up until the last few years i think the pandemic destroyed everybody's per- I, I think the pandemic destroyed everybody's kind of work life balance in the sense that your work and your life personalities completely merged into each other Because you're working from home, everyone's so inside your own inner sanctum. Your personality started to shine through a little bit differently. You can't keep, you know, for seven hours a day or six hours a day, or if you're in a meeting for two hours, you can put a facade on and then you can get back in the car and F Jeff and do whatever you want, right? Like kind as you're driving back home. But I think to to sustain that in the environment we've had to work in for the last few years became really difficult for everybody. I'd started turning that corner years ago, but I think it's just, it's too hard work. I think, I am who I am, and if, like I said, before I even went live, I went, you know, people are like me all the way, and that's fine, I'm happy with that. I, I You know, it's, I am who I am, and I can't, I'm not going to try and change who I am anymore. I've tried that, and it's it's exhausting.
1: Yeah, no, no, complete, completely is. Completely is. I think there's a, but, I, do you think, and and people do it because I, I think they're they're they more worried about what other people think of them, um, and 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 I think it takes a degree of confidence. So I've I've shared this story a number of times on the podcast. I've got a, a tattoo two and a half inches down my wrist because when I got my first set of tattoos, I was more worried that would people what would they think of the bald northerner yeah. with tattoos coming into my organisation? Would they trust me to help me? So I was trying to be and, and trying to be palatable. In, in, in everybody's eyes and like you say it, it is tiring um and 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 you're, you're holding stuff back that doesn't allow you to do it but i think as my confidence has grown in in myself i've been more comfortable because you used to be able to see like i used to wear jumpers all the time and me, me um my cuffs on my jumpers used to just move down the my level of comfort could be measured by, <laughs> by, by by how far down the the the, the, the my arm my sleeve went and stuff um but, like I could guarantee the first time I was meeting somebody, I was holding onto the cuffs so not let like a glimpse of a, of any tattoo um, to, to go you've said that you 've always been or you've you 've worked on it and for for a lot longer than a lot of people you 've been yourself. What is it that that or, or how would you encourage people to just be more themselves
2: if I, if I was sat in the pub talking about this i 'd use yeah. a completely different phrase um. <laughs> I won't use that here just in case you have to put the explicit tags on Um, but there was a point in my life where I stopped giving a beep right and and, and that was it and if I put it back to mindset a lot of it is here right so a lot of it is here because we care about the outward perception as opposed to our own individual feelings and and, and emotions so I, I worry about what you think about me I worry about how I look in front of other people. I worry about how I speak in front of other people. I worry if my intelligence is at the same level as the person I'm speaking to. I worry about the words I say because does it make me sound thick or whatever, right? All these things are going through, which puts you're just putting yourself under pressure. You're putting yourself under pressure to perform an elaborate kind of improv, right? In front of somebody, to put over a perception of you that isn't you. So as soon as you stop giving a about it, you just free your mind, frees completely. So I just stopped. I just I, I just went. I don't care. I don't care. I am who I am. I'll speak how I speak. I'll say what I say. Is it always the right thing to say? Do I always make the right choice and right decisions? No, right. It's not a perfect solution to anything like that. But do I feel more comfortable in all the situations I find myself in because I'm not getting myself wound up about all the other perceptional stuff that I've been worrying about, 100%. Yeah. And I think that that would be my own advice. Don't worry too much about the stuff because the stuff doesn't matter. What matters is you. And if you're authentic and if you know what you're talking about and you're passionate about what you do... That's all you need. Yeah, it truly is all you need.
1: Yeah, if you'd have, um, in fact, actually, so those those three bits of advice there, I think are really really valuable, and I think that that people need to take small steps to to to, to going on that journey. Um, if you were to give your fifteen year old self three pieces of advice, at that point. It, what, what, it doesn't have to be three, but maybe one or what, whatever. What advice comes into your mind
2: about your younger self? Honestly, go back to stop, don't be an idiot. Like, do you know, but in the sense that I kind of, if I was going to give myself advice, so if I was me now, mentoring me back then, I would say be a bit more considered with your decision making. I think that's sometimes we, we make rash decisions. And those rash decisions might end up being the right thing to do, don't get me wrong. But be a bit more considered with your decision making in the sense that don't make a decision based on emotion straight away. So I'm not saying don't make an emotional decision because the decision might ultimately always be emotional. But don't make the decision at the height of the emotion. Because the decision at the height, height of the emotion is generally the one that might cause the biggest issue going forward. And I think, so be considered in your decision-making. Be true to yourself. Don't try and be something you're not. Don't try and be somebody you're not. You know, I had a place. I didn't like that place. So I tried to take myself out of that place. But it was a false perception of who I should be as opposed yeah. to who I could be.
1: Yeah. This has been a fascinating conversation I, don't, I can't remember a time when I've spoken to somebody and it might appear quite like um, we're talking about number of years ago and then we're talking about contact centers and then we're talking about business and then we, but I think I, th- I think ev- in, in my mind there's there's like just a this beautiful parallel journey of of, of, of personal success and, and, or personal help and support and business help and support. And, and right at the, the I guess the, the crossroads of that is Mr. Chris Rainsworth And with the with the lived journey and experience to be able to, to, to support people on, on either side of those tracks. Um, and I, I don't know whether, but then that's what I've got from this conversation so far is, is that, that, but who do you help best either as chris rainsworth or as the
2: forum and or the forum i think the one in the same right in the sense that i am me and we've, you know like i said i don't put on the hairs and airs and graces anymore i just I, I just don't have it in me to do that so they are one in the same i think as an organization we try to help businesses but fundamentally What makes those businesses successful is the people that's within them. The business isn't successful, the people that are in the business are the successful ones that made the business successful. So if I can give some of those individuals that allows them to think differently, to move forward at a different pace, to challenge their thinking, to challenge the organisation's thinking, to create outcomes that are going to be beneficial, then that's brilliant. And then on the flip side of that, if I can sit down with mates and I can do the same for them, that's fine. So for me, it's one in the same.
1: Yeah. Love it. Love it. And you've used the word um, success and happiness a couple of times during the conversation as well to, to describe um, the, 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 your current situation and stuff. If we were chatting. In, and I hope we are, in 12 months' time. Maybe not the exact day and the exact time and stuff, but I, I really really hope we are. What would you like to be different
2: from today? Personally, nothing. So I think from a personal perspective, I just want to be where I am. Right? I'm happy where I am. And, you know, if things are exactly the same as they are this time next year, where yep. everyone's happy, but, you know... It's going to be a challenging year, you know. My daughter will turn 15, life will change again, you know, boys might start appearing. Uh, all that type of stuff. <laughs> that, right.
1: that was the first time you not I smiled. Know, I I know. Any <laughs> answer.
2: <laughs> right. So so I know it's going to be a different type of year because everyone's growing older and, and stuff like that. But if you know, from a personal perspective, if I'm still here still doing this, still got a roof over my head, still I'm 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 happy with that. That that's kind of where I'm at. I think from a work perspective and a business perspective if i in 12 months time if i can sit down and go you know what we've continued to help people we've continued to see people develop themselves we've continued to see people be successful in their roles then that's been a successful year for me you know and and and, you know i think when people stop wanting to develop and learn that's when the days become darker
1: yeah no Fascinating. fascinating you're um yeah, you uh, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and I'm just two more really quick questions, um, because I'm conscious that you've got people to help and uh, and, and people to support and, and stuff, and, and you've got a busy week ahead. Um, question number one: What does Chris, or what is Chris Rainsworth having for his tea this evening? And do you, do you say tea for evening evening meal?
2: Um, I I work on the principle right. It's just five meals a day. Oh, okay. Right, You ready? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to count them in my head. I've got to four so far. I go, what are the five? <laughs>
2: there's, there's breakfast, there's brunch, there's oh, dinner, yeah. there's tea, there's supper. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I always work on this principle. When you were at school, I was asked this, because I live in Newcastle, but I'm from Leeds, right? Yeah. And they call lunch dinner. No, they call dinner lunch, right? Yeah. I don't, right? It's dinner tea, right? That's what it is. And I always say to them, what did you call the ladies that were walking around the playground when you were at school? And they go, dinner nannies. I went, there you go, you've answered your own question. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, great argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what are you having for your team? So
2: tonight we use Hello Fresh, so we're having something from Hello Fresh. I think it's a cottage pie, a spicy Mexican cottage pie with potato wedges uh, yeah. and, and, and a side salad, I think, is what's on the menu tonight oh
1: wow are you a man that eats the salad or is that just for decoration I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, i like a bit of salad
1: do you no yeah. it's good it's important balance i mean this whole Everything conversation's right. been, been about balance hasn't Everything. it it's, no perfect perfect and then the final question mr rainsworth is if people wanted to know more about you which i'm sure they will where would they go what would they do what would they find
2: find me on linkedin i'm all over it i try to post i'm not as prolific as you we, uh, um, you know 100 posts a day for 100 100 days of post <laughs> I'm not as committed as that, but I do post regularly. They can find me on LinkedIn um, and then all the the links to everything else that I do are all on LinkedIn. Um, Perfect. Go find me there.
1: Perfect. I think just on just on the prolific posting, I think it just shows who's got more time on the hands. I think that's all <laughs> it shows. It's just a measure of that, isn't it? You're, you're obviously helping far more people in businesses, <laughs> honestly. honestly. Um, I just want to say, Chris, thank you so much for the opportunity to chat, to get to know a little bit more about you again. And And like I said, I really, really, really do hope that we continue to talk. Um, on a both recorded and non-recorded basis because I think you've got a lot of value and I want to continue to learn and and share stuff with you. So, no, thank you very much and good luck with everything you've got going on. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Lee.
0: Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the Business Problem Solver or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.